It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Oh, no, I got, got it recorded there. Andrew McCart, IFL TV. I'm here in Dublin. Eddie, the energy levels are high. I mean, you're in Newcastle, the Day of Reckoning Presser, LA on a flight with Wilder as well. Now you're in Dublin, I mean, how's the energy levels? You know the mad thing about my life, Andrew, is I can't tell you what I did last week. Now, I don't know whether that signs I'm going a little bit doolally or I'm just all over the place. How mad to think that I was in Newcastle, I came back to close all the deals for Saudi, we had the press conference, I flew to LA, we're back in Dublin, we get this done, then I'm in Belfast, then we go to San Francisco, then we go to Phoenix, then we go to Saudi, and then somewhere in the middle we'll have a bit of Christmas. But honestly, I don't actually know what I do, like, day to day, so... Are you enjoying it, Ed? That's the main thing. I love my life. Listen, there's aggravation, um, there's days where I don't really fancy talking to you lot for eight hours, there's days where I don't really want to get on a plane and not sleep properly for a, a week or probably more like a year. But I love what I do. And I'm, I want to win. And I want to win so bad. I want to win for our business. I want to win for our fighters. I want to win for myself, and I just, I, I love, you know, I love the challenge, love the challenge. I'm trying to train every day, trying to sleep better, I'm trying to improve myself, my health, just, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm feeling good, and you know, at 44, we've got to stop this mantra of a midlife crisis. I think you could actually change, like, really, I think your life should get better. A lot of people in their 40s and 50s go like this, Andy. Oh, I wish I was 20 or 30 again. You've got to be one of those people, right? You Listen, I had a great time in my 20s. But you've got to be one of those people that actually turns around and goes, I, like, because I'll tell you something now. I feel better now than I've ever felt in my life, right? I feel stronger, I feel more energy, I feel more confident, I feel more comfortable. You know what I mean? So really, life should get better and better and better. And you never know what's going to happen. Unfortunately, in this cruel world, you know, when your time's up, your time's up. But in the meantime, you've got to always look to improve yourself. And uh, I feel great right now. Good. And you mentioned that you want to win and you want to win for everybody. Katie Taylor wants to win. Is this a make or break fight for Katie? Listen, this is going to be an unbelievable fight. Last time was a, a, a really good fight. This will be a great fight. Because you've got a girl in Katie Taylor, you know, who actually 
is just absolutely desperate to win. You know, you've got the whole nation here on Saturday night just will be tuned in to watch. Don't forget, last time, you know, you had Gary Cully got beat. It was like head in hands time. And then you had Katie Taylor got beat. And it was like on the floor time. Both of them this time back in 50-50 fights, really. You know, Katie is the underdog in this fight. Maybe you look at it as 60-40, but she will be better this time. Katie Taylor, make no mistake, but so will Chantel Cameron. She is so confident. You know, last time she believed she can win. Now she knows she can win. And she thinks she's going to win by stoppage, 100%. She thinks she's going to walk, um, Chantel Cameron thinks she's going to walk Katie Taylor down and beat her up on Saturday night. And Katie Taylor's going to have to be ready to go to some real deep places, you know? You mentioned there that Gary lost and Katie Taylor lost. But look at this. We had this all fight week last time out and then even when they did lose these two Irish heroes that they are, the crowd was still on their feet. They were cheering the name. So, I mean, what about this Dublin crowd? Last time, there was a lot of fans there who just presumed that Katie Taylor would win. They didn't know a lot about Chantel Cameron, right? We all knew in boxing that really this was a 50-50 fight. They didn't. They came for the homecoming of Katie Taylor, the celebration to win. Now, they're knowing she's the underdog. Imagine the atmosphere this time around, because when the Irish are the underdogs, they're on another level to when they're even favourites in a fight. So this fight will be different. And I think you'll see a little bit less from Katie this week in terms of, you know, um, time with the media. Like the ring walk last time was like five minutes long, wasn't it? I think she's going to do very little and just go to bed and rest to give it absolutely every ounce of her soul on Saturday night. Obviously, Katie's always had a target on her back when she's turned pro. Even in the amateurs, she had that target on her back being the Olympic champion. Now that target's gone. She, and Chantel's got the target on her back. A lot of people want to face the reason why Katie Taylor took the rematch. She wants to get them back at the back on Chantel Cameron. So that sense, are we going to see a Katie Taylor, a hungry Katie Taylor, one that's maybe going to come forward a little bit, meet fire with fire? Listen, I mean, for, for those, even if you don't know Katie Taylor, you can imagine what she's like. Yeah. When we left that arena last time, I went down from her changing room to the floor in the lift. And I looked at her and I thought, this is going to hurt you so bad. And I said to her, the rematch here, she went, make the rematch. Like, there was never even, I would never have even gone to her if there was a fight for 10 times as much money. She wouldn't have even looked at it, right? So from the day she suffered her first defeat, to now, the, the burning desire inside her to get revenge and to win this fight, you cannot underestimate that, right? So we know what you're gonna get on Saturday night, but you're also, as I said, you know, this isn't just the Katie Taylor show anymore. This is the Chantel Cameron show. She earned that right. And you cannot also underestimate the levels that Chantel Cameron may have gone to or will go to through that experience and through that victory. Obviously, touching the undercard as well, you've got Paddy Donovan and yeah, a good fight Danny yeah. Ball. You've got, obviously, Delfo Barrett there. You've got yeah. no party, no carty, the big man himself. I mean, it's a, it's a good card. It's a really good card. I mean, I said earlier, Gary Cully um, against Reese Mould is a really good fight. You know, is it 18 and 1 against 19 and 1? Reese Mould will really fancy his chances coming off that last fight. It's must win for Gary Cully. Absolutely must win. Beyond that, I love Paddy Donovan against Danny Ball. It's such a good fight. Danny Ball boxed on one of our shows recently for the English title, won it easy, boxed really well. 
Everyone's talking about how good Paddy Donovan is. This is the moment we find out. Thomas Carty's got a real fun fight, as you said, Zelfa Barrett. Sky Nicholson's in a tough fight against Lucy Wildheart. If she wins that fight, she should become mandatory to Amanda Serrano. You've got George Vizioli debuting in the card. You know, you've got a lot of top all Irish action fights as well. Emmett Brennan in action in a really good fight. And it's going to be just unbelievable from start to finish, culminating in, like I said, atmosphere last time, unbelievable. This time, another level. The Irish are the underdogs, and they're going to they're going to turn this house upside down. I'm absolutely buzzing for it, Eddie. Now let's go back to the last week. I think it was last week. The day I reckon the presser was it, Mum? You talk about your life being crazy. I think with everything that's going on in boxing right now, I can't keep up with time and dates myself. But last week, the day I reckon the presser, Joshua Wilder at the same press conference, you and Frank Warren at the same press conference. The boxing world has been waiting 14 years for you and Frank to be in the same press or the same room together. We've waited best part of maybe five, six years for Wilder and Joshua to be almost made. What's going on in boxing right now, Eddie? Yeah, it's weird. I mean, you know, it was refreshing, to be honest with you. And it definitely made me think, why did we not do that sooner? You know? Eagles? Yeah, I mean, the opportunity's got to be right. Don't forget, we're with different broadcasters. Things have definitely changed now. We're with the zone and the zone working with everybody to make these events bigger and bigger. The money is important, of course. Like, if there weren't massive opportunities financially, we probably wouldn't have done it hands up but more importantly the opportunities for our fighters you know I had opportunities for AJ Bivol and Jai Opataya that if I would have walked away from because of I don't like someone I'm not doing a, my job you know and it was almost like you know when we met it was almost like a let's not be idiots here I was going to ask, what was that? Because you were quite coy on you meeting Frank when you'd done your interview with Joe Pugh, and I've not heard Frank talk about it much. What was that initial meeting like? Were you anxious, nervous, happy? What was your initial emotions? George Warren was like the dad. You know, he would come in and say, I want you to go and uh, come and meet my dad. And we set up a room in a changing room, and I walked in, and Frank was down the back, you know, on his phone. And George, like I said, George was like the dad. Right, you two, idiots. <laughs> Keep your mouth shut, and don't mess this up. And that's what I said. I said to Frank, listen, forget the past. We, we've got a big opportunity here. From my side, you ain't going to have no problems with me. And he went, good, no, absolutely. Let's not mess this up. Boom. That simple? Yeah, a couple, bit more discussed. No, no, nothing about the relationship, just about fights. Being, I don't know. But, you know, again, George, George has done a very good job here. You know, and I, I, you know, I don't see him get that much recognition. He's, he seems to be the kind of guy, don't, he don't want any back and forwards he's not interested in interviews but what he is doing is doing some tidy business behind the scenes and without him and me and Frank Smith and everybody working at pace we would never have got this done everybody down tools and said let's get this moving you know obviously Joshua watching him at the press conference he seemed just down to business there wasn't much coming from him in terms of emotions even when all while and was saying stuff he was just like right talk to me like this and don't talk like that if you don't want to fight what I'm going to knock you all this sort of stuff and even the Wilder comments when Wilder's been respectful to him he just looked over at Wilder and nodded his head there was nothing coming back so you can't win you're being analysed under a microscope like one time he's boring right doesn't say anything at presses next time someone has a go at him and he says I'm going to fucking knock you out and everyone's going wow Joshua's lost the plot where's his mindset at it's like no he just wants to tear someone's head off when Fury starts behaving like a crazy guy, no one's really analysing his mental state, are they? So, yeah, you know, Big Baby Miller piped up, he got told, and then Otto Wilding piped up as well. And what AJ said in the face-to-face -face is, 
if you're going to speak like that, don't come up to me after the fight and like people do and go, oh, respect, respect, mate. Oh, it was just for the build-up. No, it's one or the other. And by the way, in this fight, I need AJ to be like that. I need him to go out and try and decapitate this man. Because you can't show Otto Wilde in respect. You've got to go through him like a train. So I love, I love the mindset. I love the way training's going. Happy. Five weeks to go on Saturday. Crazy. Obviously, we've seen now he's been training alongside Ben Davison. He's been hitting the punch cushion very, very hard. Just talk about that relationship and the reasoning behind going with Ben Davison so late on in this sort of camp, if you want to call it, with five weeks out. Yeah, I mean, you know, the plan was initially because he was going in a situation where he was in the UK and he wasn't flying back to Dallas, decided to go and train with Ben, respects Ben, very good trainer, etc. When the fight got made, we got six weeks to go. So, you know, it's a situation where you can't fly to Dallas, climatize, then fly to Saudi two weeks before. You're gonna have like three weeks of proper training. So decided for this camp to stay in the UK, train with Ben. Ben's obviously got history with Otto Wilding through the Tyson Fury fight. AJ's comfortable, he's firing. We're all happy. Is it dangerous though? Because we know fighters and coaches need to gel with one another. Six weeks out against Otto Wallen, who, that's not a gimme fight for Joshua. He's a dangerous man, like you've said. Southpaw, he, he cut Tyson with a punch and gave Tyson work. This is a dangerous fight. So is this like maybe a, a dangerous act to go with Ben? Very, very dangerous fight. It's a big banana skin. You know, one, he's a Southpaw. Two, he's talented. Three, he's coming off a good win in, in Russia against Gassiev. So like, you know, this is a guy who has uh, momentum, confidence. You saw that in the head-to-head. -head. It's a tough fight, very tough fight. Eddie, can we assume Wilder, Joshua win their next fights, that that's going to get happened? What was the, in fact, what was the conversation like on that plane to LA with Wilder? What was talked then? No, listen, there, there's been conversations well before that, you know, after the, um, after the press conference, the talks are ongoing. You ain't got to be a rocket scientist to know what we're all trying to do, Saudi included, right? But it's all irrelevant if he doesn't win on December 23rd. So that's the plan. We'll continue the, the, the discussions, the negotiations behind the scenes, and we'll go from there. Obviously, I want to talk about the Frank Warren and Adam Carroll situation. I seen you on TalkSport, I saw your interview, and you were sort of like half on Frank's side, maybe that sometimes when you put it on Sunday, you've got to fight your corner. And Adam seemed a little bit quiet in that. Yeah, but listen, they talk sports said, oh, I think that's a bit out of order on, on Adam Catterall. Not really. Like, I mean, Adam did fold a little bit, but he's not used to those kind of confrontations. But if you're willing to give those opinions powerfully, you've got to be comfortable enough to debate them live and not on talk sport, like on the, on the flip of a coin. But Adam lost so many opportunities to hit points that I was thinking, Frank was saying stuff, I was saying, Adam, you just gotta say that, you gotta say that. But he was a bit like, it's not really his world. But you've got to be confident enough and ready. Like if you started piping up and slagging me off, or not slagging me off, but I'll just I'll just beat you in a 5k right off, and I said, Oh Andrew, come in here. I want to talk to you about that. You've got to be willing to say, well actually Frank, what I meant was this. And when Frank says, Yeah, but you know he foxed Dillian White and Chisora and he you gotta go, yeah exactly. It's about two years there that you're not talking about where he ain't really done anything. But he did, you know, it was a, it was difficult for Adam. But I didn't think Frank was out of order on it, you know. Obviously, Simon Jordan said that the, the, the media, especially, I think he's talking about IFL and maybe the other guys, the YouTube guys, that we are scared to, to hurt your feelings or say something against the sort of 
Joshua was or say something that will hurt your feelings, so to speak, in his own words. What do you say to that, that we are, we're probably, the rest of the media, we don't really, we cater to you, and that's the respect. I think some people feel that some outlets push harder than others. I don't think you guys bum lick us, or whatever you want to call it. I feel like you ask the questions. Look, it is difficult when we all get on. Like, you're not going to just slag us off to our face. And it's easier for someone to slag you off when they're on air and they're not face to face. Do you know what I mean? But when you go on air with those people, they're never as aggressive as they are when you're not there, in terms of their opinion. But, you know, I've never banned anyone. I've never said, oh, I'm not talking to them. I've never said to someone, oh, you can't ask this, you can't ask that. But at the end of the day, if you're going to give it, you've got to be prepared to debate it on the spot. And I would have liked to have seen Adam debate on the spot because he's bright, you know, he, he talks well, he's opinionated, but he just didn't seize the opportunity. And once Frank smelt weakness, like he does, he'll, ru he'll run you over. Was that a setup, Eddie? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, well, it was your platform, you tell me. I don't think it was, anyways. Uh, we'll change the subject quickly there. Um, Corner Ben, Chris Eubank Jr., you said in Newcastle, I know you like to give time on stuff, but can we hear anything, anything, any news you can give me on that? And I know you said the 3rd no, of December, really. Tottenham Hotspur. No, we're working away quietly on that one. We, we've got about a week to make that fight. Yeah. Ben say camp started off, day yeah, one of yeah, camp. He's, he's in camp now for his next fight. Doesn't have to be against uh, Chris Eubank. That's what we want. But if we don't get this announced in the next week, we might be looking elsewhere. Eddie, listen, I that's big Thomas Carty's in there. But big, the big man going to get in Saudi. Seems like a heavyweight. Yeah. All the heavyweights are out there, but big Thomas Carty's not been yet. Great atmosphere last time he fought, and there will be again on Saturday. He's got a fun little fight, so keep winning, and he's got a big future. Eddie, thank you so much, big man, and I'll see you in the 5K. Sports Social Podcast Network.